Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As many of you listeners are already well aware of, I spent my college years in Ann Arbor at the University of Michigan, and it remains a school I am incredibly fond of. There is no place in the world quite like Ann Arbor, folks. It really is an adult playground. It is an excellent place to spend your formative years, and because of that, I, of course, still feel connected to the school. You will find no bigger fan of the University of Michigan men's and women's tennis teams than me. It's why doing this year's National Indoors, doing the play-by-play call, was so exciting because not only did I get to see my women take Stanford to the brink uh, in their first round match, but the men's team obviously made that dramatic run to the semifinals, and it was an experience unlike anything else. I lost my voice uh, on the third day of action, and that was partially because I was sick, uh, but it was also partially because I was just so excited at all of the action going on, and it was a special season for this year's University of Michigan team. As I mentioned, they reached that national indoor semifinals. They reached top five status in the ITA men's team's Division uh, Division One rankings, and that is why we are so thrilled. Uh, you know, for me personally, of course, as a Michigan fan, but thrilled in general today uh, to be joined on our Cracked Interviews podcast by. Big Ten Player of the Year and All-American in both singles and doubles. Andrew Fenty uh, joins us today to discuss this 2020 season, why it was as special as it was for this team, what clicked for them both on the court but off the court as well, the dramatic run they had. I think they won something like four straight, four, three matches to end up reaching the semifinals, four, three. Uh, I'm really stretching my memory here, but I believe it was Texas Tech, then Old Miss, then Texas a and uh, and then they ended up beating Texas, although that match might not have even been 4-3 to reach the semifinals. And it was a level of success that you know a Michigan men's tennis team hasn't seen in quite a few years. And so I talked to Andrew what it was like to break through in that moment, what it was like to play that national indoors when so many team members from various different teams uh, were getting sick. There seemed to be some flu bug that was spreading around at the time, and it caused lineup changes. It you know there was no Matthias Seymour for the. Wolverines against Texas, and yet, you know, they were able to step up and win those matches, and I talked to him about what that was like that dream week and how it brought the team closer together, what the expectations are now for this Michigan program moving forward, and then for him personally, you know, what it was like to play the number one singles position to compete and beat guys like, you know, Yuya Ito of Texas, and, you know, I, I think he beat Habib as well of a and I know he clinched the match against Columbia, you know, all of these differing things, you know, how those experiences have helped him moving forward as a tennis player, what it's like for him, you know, to be at the University of Michigan, how it's helped him progress his game, how it's helped him off the court as well. And then, of course, I have to ask him a little bit about his personal life, you know, for him, what it's like. Uh, You know, he's the son of a former mayor of Washington, D.C., and that is an experience in itself. So we ask him a little bit about that, uh, ask him, you know, about his brother and so much more. It's a fantastic interview, which, of course, I would say say, uh, even if it wasn't because he is a fellow University of Michigan Wolverine, but it truly was so much fun uh, getting the chance to finally speak with Andrew on the podcast. However, you know, before we can get to that interview, the reason we are able to do these conversations day in, day out here at Cracked Rackets is because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And for more than 20 years, Midwest Sports has been supporting tennis players around the globe by serving as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers. The reason they do so is 
is because they offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match. They also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online with tens of thousands of products available for shipping directly from their automated warehouse to your front door. They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. And even if you don't know exactly what you need, you can rest assured knowing that their well-trained staff are intimately familiar with all tennis equipment and can help you find that perfect racket, perfect shoe, or perfect piece of clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections of equipment are consistently first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their tennis warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. You can find all of these products and prices by going to their website, MidwestSports.com. Once you're there, you're going to get yourself some gear. It's an instinct that, unfortunately, all of us tennis players can't deny. And when you do, know that if you use our promo code CR15, you'll get an additional 15% off of your order. You'll get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And you will also get a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls sent directly to your house to ensure that you have everything you need for when you make your return to the tennis court. As I mentioned on yesterday's podcast. I was the beneficiary of this promo code just this past weekend when I was hitting with my little brother and let me tell you, I needed all of the advantage I could get in my Midwest Sports equipment. Put me in the I suppose best possible, not that I did succeed, but that was more my fault than theirs, but they put me in the best possible position to succeed. So, go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15, let them know we send you there. We are so grateful for their continued support. The least we can do is ask you to support them as well. All right. With that being said, let's get to my conversation with Big Ten Men's Tennis Player of the Year and All-American in both singles and doubles during the 2020 season, the University of Michigan's Andrew Fenty. Before we start today's podcast, let's just get this out front. I attended the University of Michigan, and obviously my heart will always reside there, so I'm a little bit biased, but all too excited for today's interview because joining us on the podcast is the first University of Michigan men's tennis player to be a singles All-American since Evan King did it back in 2013. Him and Matthias Seymour became the first Michigan doubles team to be named All-Americans this season since the 2007 season. Andrew Fenty, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, Alex. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is always my pleasure to talk to a fellow Wolverine. And let's just start there. Singles All-American, doubles All-American. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was a goal that I that I that I had since I came to Michigan. And uh, at Michigan, we have our banners on the courts, so we can see it every day and just you know practicing for that goal I just really wanted I really wanted to achieve that for for me and for the university and saying that uh you know the last All-Americans were were actually Alex Knight and uh Runehouse Leo and so I just wanted to achieve more for Michigan yeah well I can't believe I butchered that I apologize to Alex and Leo I actually forgot about that too 
Yeah, no, that that's my bad. Hey, great shot to me. Apologies to both of them. Um, but yeah, you know, for you guys in particular, let's start with this season because obviously, as a Michigan fan, this was a fun one. Uh, you guys go through on a run. You make the semifinals of the national indoors, and obviously, no one is happy with the way the season ended, uh, being yeah. cut short. But for you to have this sort of all-American status, for you and Matthias to receive those sort of honors, you know, was it any sort of consolation to you guys? to sort of, you know, put in stone what you were uh, set to accomplish this year? I mean, I think that, yeah, half the season, it was about, I'd say it was about half the season. But I think at the end that we both would have, I think that we would all, we would have gotten All-American even if it ended. I felt that we were, we were two in doubles. I was like 16 in singles. So, I mean, I felt that we were, we were, you know, we were good enough to achieve it. So, mm-hmm. I'm not really... I don't really, I mean, it is like, it does feel good, I guess, but I wasn't too worried about it. Mm-hmm. And for the two of you guys to start your season and, you know, we were there live doing the play-by-play, but you had the Ann Arbor Challenger, which was yeah. the return of Challenger Tennis to Michigan in quite a bit of time. You know, how helpful was that experience, you know, getting to see that level of play, playing um, and reaching the semifinals and getting your season started on the right track? For sure. So, I mean, before that, we we got we won the, the, the consolation draw and the NCAA championship in the fall, I want to say. We, so we got like fifth or something. And then I, you know, I was feeling good about us as a double team. And then, you know, we came out in the challenger and we just went on a run. We got to the semis. We beat some good, some really good doubles players. And I, and I always knew, I mean, we always knew we had a great, like good team, but that just took it. Like then from that moment, I thought like we were, like we were probably the best are one of the best teams in the country so it's, it gave us all the confidence and yeah to go forward yeah and in that first round, you guys beat your teammates, Nick Beattie, Connor Johnson. You guys then that night match was one of, you know, even if it you, you guys won that straight set against Hugh and Lamons, that was really fun. But maybe even more fun than that was that semifinal match yeah. of three-setter. You guys lost to Barrientos and Gomez. It was yeah. a full house, though. And just, again, to play in that environment, I know you've played, you know, some high-level college matches, obviously, during your time at Michigan. But, you know, what was that environment like? How special was that moment? That was super special. I did was because I was just not expecting that at all. And then in the second set, you look up and there's, like, like there's three courts of, uh, like, spectators and, and stuff. So, I mean, and the support, the support was unreal. Like, during our challenger, we had so many people that just came out. People who love tennis in Ann Arbor. So, I mean... It was super helpful. It was like a, it was an unreal experience to like that. Was, yeah, different from a dual match. Yeah, it was funky too. You guys were not playing great, and then you just went on this roll. And yeah, I mean, you. I, there were some forehands because I believe in that breaker. If memory serves me correctly, you guys were uh, you. You went down, and then you run on this like crazy comeback, and you come back up, and then they ended up taking it. Yeah. I mean, just to get to get to play pro matches at your home college yeah. stadium. I mean, that just even beyond what it did for you in the immediacy to get to play a pro event. That's got to be you know so helpful for you moving forward, right? Yeah very helpful uh for a lot of reasons you know like pros for i mean for recruiting is super helpful for just like like being known like the university of michigan like we have we have these type of tournaments and 
you know, we, we, we want our like collegiate players to, to go like play professional. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, super helpful. And also like yeah, a yeah. home court advantage a little bit. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that rare, I mean, for you, maybe you'd get that at the city open as well. But oh, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of those rare, that's one of those rare moments in your career that you do get a home court advantage. And, you know, uh, to get back to the 2020 season, I want to talk about, obviously, what our Wolverines, and I'm going to say our Wolverines. I don't know. Okay, I love that. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're doing. But, uh, you know, for you, uh, obviously, we're all living through history right now. Everyone sure. someday will be asked, what were you doing during the coronavirus pandemic? And I'm curious for you guys, I think you were 14 and three at the time, maybe starting your spring break trip. But how did you find out the news that the season was going to be canceled and what were those next few days like for you? Yes. So we, we were getting ready to play Michigan state. Um, it was a day before we were playing Michigan state and, uh, Steiny, our coach, uh, Adam Steinberg, he, he was in, he was in a, he wasn't at the practice. He was in a meeting and we, you know, we've been hearing about college is shutting down. And so we were like, uh, what is going on? What is going on? And like, we were in practice. Uh, and so we were kind of like, like, I was so worried. It was like probably the worst practice we've ever had. And, <laughs> and then I, and I think Steiny came down and he's like, yeah, like we have to talk, like we all to all of us. And then we, we had a meeting about it and he told us it was pretty sad because at the time we didn't think that seniors could come back so we were really we were really worried and mm -hmm. yeah it was really tough in the beginning but then as time progressed uh, like that topic came came to came about and now luckily we seniors can come back so it's yeah it's not yeah yeah no, I, and I know Connor has already announced he's coming back. If BD hasn't, I'm happy to get on the phone with him as well. But yeah, BD's like, coming back you know, too. Oh, that's excellent news. Yeah. A little breaking news. We'll take that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, that that's uh, really cool to hear because you know I, I know you guys have a couple of international kids on the roster as well, for and sure. I'm curious is you know how stressful was it for you personally for you know the team to, for everyone to get back home and you know yeah. did you immediately go home after you found out because obviously the inclination to hang well, out in Ann Arbor must have been strong. Yeah, after I found out, I I, I was like, you know, like, what are we gonna do now? So I actually went and practiced. <laughs> I just went and practiced. I don't know. I was like, dude, what am I going to do? And I, so I just went and practiced. And then I stayed. So the international guys had to, they were like, yeah, we, we got to go. So they left. So they left pretty, pretty recently cause, because they were scared that they could not get out of the country. So they left. And then and I stayed because I wanted to hit. I wanted to practice a little bit more. And then, you know, eventually I went back to dc but yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. and for you in, in terms of right now because obviously your level of play is getting higher and higher and you were off to such a great season you know have you used this time as maybe just a built-in time to take some time off have you been working through it you know staying in shape what have these past couple of months in quarantine yeah so like the beginning you? i was the beginning i wanted to sort of reflect i i had a uh, a lot of conversations with my coaches to see, you know, like to really talk about, you know, this half season or I mean fall season also 
stuff we stuff I needed to improve, stuff that you th- that they think I uh, stuff they thought I did good in the season, things I did bad, and I just like a full full like list of just stuff I need to improve, and I sort of went through it and and thought you know well, what can I do during this time while while we can't really play as much as we want would like to, so. Yeah, just a full, uh, just a full look back on the season, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been hitting with your brother? Yes, I've been hitting at a court near my house. Yeah. As I'm, as do you get to say? Do you get to say? You know, Matthew, you're you're hitting with an all American. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he cares too much. No, that's fun uh no and it's cool of course obviously that you have a twin brother and you guys can go yeah. hit obviously if things are safe and healthy and you know i i do let, let's get back to the 2020 michigan season and revel in it mm-hmm. in a little bit because again for you guys i mean what a what a dramatic season to start off the year the way you did winning the doubles point but losing that match 4-3 to nc state and then you know pulling out yeah. 4-3 victories over tech and over old miss to just qualify for the national indoors pulling out a 4-3 victory over A&M, uh, and then obviously the 4-2 win over Texas after dropping the doubles point. What was clicking so well for this year's Michigan team? Why were you guys able to get off to such a strong start? Uh, so a couple of things, I feel like. So, I mean, uh, we know our philosophy. You know, we're not the average We're not the average college tennis team. We don't really play for ourselves. And so it actually, I mean, the addition of Styler, our freshman, it just uh, it helped us a lot. I would say the experience of Beatty and Connor, <laughs> and it's just a lot of things clicked. You know, our practices. We we really, you know, after NC State, we we didn't know how good of a team we would be after NC State, and once we, you know, like we were, uh, I think we were supposed to win that match, but we 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 didn't really feel that, but. You know, after, you know, losing that, and we were like, wow, you know what, we actually can be really good. You know, everyone's just had, like, a pre-match shooters. I mean, so, so yeah, once once that happened, we we, we went back to work, and, and we, just, we just had our goals. Steiny was preaching to us that, you know, we you guys are a national championship contender, and you have to believe that, and you have to practice like that. So, you know, every practice meant something. Every practice, we were trying to, like, achieve something that Michigan has not done in, I think, what is it, 60 years? 40 years? 40 years? Far too long. Yeah, 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 something like that. So, yeah, we just play with a chip on our shoulder in every match. Mm -hmm. And, you know... I do want to get into some of the other matches as well, but, you know, having seen your practices firsthand, they're loud, and you guys practice like you play. There's, you know, it's go blue at all times, and you're screaming, and you're building that energy, and, you know, I'm curious because there's, one could argue that it's a little bit of fluff, and, like, are you expending too much energy, but, you know, I've seen it in action. How helpful is that mentality, and, you know, how how much does that translate in terms of what you guys are doing in practice being that loud to helping you stay amped and focused during an actual dual match yeah so when you do that for for me I, and i guess my teammates it actually 
helps us. It, it helps us in a way. I mean, for me, that's something that I needed to improve on coming into college was, you know, was being loud, being intense, being focused. And this just, that way just helps me get out my best tennis. So it's really helpful. And mm-hmm. it may seem like a distraction, but if you practice it, if you honestly, if you believe in it, that's the biggest one. If you believe that it will help you, it'll help you. So it seems it seems crazy. I love watching people's reactions to it, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it helps it helps me, and I know it helps my teammates so much. And it just it's something different, something that you know other players, other teams don't do. They don't they don't like it. And, and we're not doing it for them. We're really doing it for us. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I would say about it. Mm-hmm. And how much of that starts with Coach Steinberg's mentality? How much is he really the fuel to the engine? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, coming into college, I, I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. It, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like that. But it took, me, it took me a little while. But I'd say now I'm probably like the biggest – believer in it It, yeah i mean he 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 just like fed it to me and i just took it so so yeah yeah and uh you know for you guys again four two over tcu at home i was at that match it was a you know that was some really great tennis from all of you and then to go to columbia and get that win four three to have both of those results before the indoors you know how confident were you guys going in as a group? Because obviously first round, I think you guys were maybe the 12 seed or something like that you played, or maybe it was, you know, the 11 seed you were playing Texas A&M first round. And that's not traditionally an indoor team, but, you know, sure. having those results coming into the tournament, uh, did you, did, I mean, realistically, did you think semifinals was a possibility for the the team this year? Yeah, I, I thought, I thought so. I mean, what after beating after beating TCU and Columbia hundred percent, I thought that we we you know to beat us you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be on you're gonna have to play your best tennis and you're gonna have to outcompete us you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do something that you haven't done to beat us and mm-hmm. that's what I I honestly believe that and. You know, it showed. I mean, we lost to USC 4-3. I'm pretty sure that was their, wasn't that their closest match in mm-hmm. indoors. So, yeah, that's what I, yeah. yeah. No, and we had that match too. I mean, uh, oh I yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, the band aid's gonna be ripped off. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that one hurt. And you know, for you guys, even before getting to that USC match, because you know you were playing some great tennis. You know, the whole yeah. team was playing some great tennis. But to see, you know, for Andre, uh, who did not start off the year great. You know, he was still adjusting to the no-ad format, struggling between two and three, but then he clinches 7-6 in the third over Finn Reynolds. He clinches again uh, in, the, I think, the Columbia match. Or I don't know. I think you clinched that Columbia mm-hmm. match, but he actually yeah, got another win. Yeah, he got another win there. And then, obviously, the Texas A&M match where uh, he clinches that one at the indoors, and, you know, you get a win there as well. Just, you know, what, you know, 
the, to turn to the top two for to, for you to have you know a guy like Andre and Matthias pushing you and keeping you you know keep getting you better in practice but just to see that level of play and for yeah. him to come through in the clutch uh, for a freshman to do that you know what was that experience like for you to get to you know see and compete alongside yeah him? for sure so Styler and I uh we we played in juniors we grew up together in juniors so I actually had a relationship before college which is pretty interesting and then you know uh, on the visit meeting him more and and then uh, he obviously came. But, yeah, man, he he took a full – he really, like, blossomed into one of the team's most important pieces. He he really is – we call him the unit because he's, <laughs> he's just a unit. He's humongous, and he's fierce. And, yeah, man, he's just a competitor. He's a dog. He – yeah, I don't really know. He's just a dog. Like, he's a dog. Like, he, he – how many matches did he clinch? Four? Uh, yeah, something crazy. Yeah, he clinched four matches. I mean, oh, yeah, Notre Dame, too. And so, mm-hmm. man, we just really could rely on him at a, at a, at a very young – like, it's a very young moment in his college career. So, that's just super – I mean, it, it just relaxes everyone else so that everyone else can play better if you know – I mean, now with that moment, half the season, he would have, he would have clinched, you know, like a certain percent of our matches, and he would have just went in with so much confidence. Like, so yeah, it would have helped everyone. Yeah, yeah. and all of these close matches kept going your guys's way. Clearly, as the season went on, and you know, again, you were all playing well. But how much of that is just confidence? How much is that is yeah. you know, this is not the first time it's been three all, and we know what to do in these situations. So that's exactly what it is. But once it was, mm-hmm. I mean, later when it was getting the three all, I'd say you know Notre Dame and what else? Tech? No, Tech was it? What was A and M? But yeah, A and M. Like those matches. It was kind of like, you know, we've been here before. Actually, Styler has been there like numerous times before, so he knows what to do. And we've just seen it, seen it happen. We've seen it happen before. So we're actually pretty confident in that situation. I don't know if that's a good thing, but at the three all, (laughs) we were super confident. So, I mean, I guess it's good in a way, but yeah. Super confident. Yeah, it's a win. Better to be confident in those moments than not. And I'm curious because, again, you clinched Columbia at three all versus that Styler match in the round of 16 when, you know, he's down like a set in 4-0 and he ends up coming back. What's more difficult for you, playing that three all match or watching that? No, watching, watching that match. Watching the matches. (laughs) Watching the matches. I can't, if you see me, like, I can't watch it. I can't actually watch (laughs) these matches. Like, I'm not looking i cannot i like close my eyes i like hide behind people i cannot watch these matches it's really that's really absurd no it explains steiny's everything he's just so like frenetic and he's just rocking and rolling and moving around and you're like yeah i feel that too and (laughs) you know like uh, you know for you guys because that national indoors and you know not to make light of the situation but given you know because everyone was getting sick every team was feeling mm-hmm. it people were being pulled from lineups and you're so curious given the time frame february you know what was going around all of these teams what was happening with all of these people um but you know for you guys again that texas match mm-hmm. you drop the doubles point 
which, you know, at that point, you think you're down 1-0 to Texas, the sort of depth they have with the fact that I think there was no CMAR in the lineup that day. Yeah. Uh, things were looking tough. And then you guys obviously pull off the match 4-2. You knock off Ito. I believe Andre knocked off Siskard as well. And just, you know, for you guys to win the top four singles flights on that day, yeah. what went right in that match? What did that performance so, mean to the team? Yeah, that match... I would probably remember that match for the rest of my life. Uh, man, just everyone from the breakfast, you know, not knowing if Matias could play, to me warming up with BD and doubles in the practice. Not, I never played with BD in my life, ever in, <laughs> ever in practice. For us to go out there, we are serving for it. No, we were up five, no, four, three break, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Man, just like the atmosphere of it was incredible. You know, we like being like, you know, we're, we're not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to, we're not supposed to hang with Texas. We're not supposed to, we're not supposed to be in the, what was it, the Elite A. We're not supposed to be here. And, you know, to me, you, you, after losing doubles, it was close. And I was like, you know what? Like, we're all gonna, we're all gonna go out there and we're just gonna, we're just gonna lay it on the line. You know, if we, if we lose, we lose, but we're gonna go out. We're going to go out just fighting. And that's the great thing about our team is that, you know, our, we're so deep. You know, we're all competitors. We all want to play that. It honestly did not even matter who was playing that match. It was like Michigan, Michigan versus everyone. And we were going we were going to win that match. And, you know, if you saw Styler and I, you know, we were just feeding off of each other. It was kind of just like he was like he was winning. Like he had momentum. I had momentum. And then we would hear Connor from the other side. Here, BD got a quick, quick match to put us on the board. You know, Harry, Harry Brown and Ryan Fu, two guys who don't play that much singles, are winning. Are are the, Harry won the first set. Ryan was serving for the first set. And just hearing these things, it's just like how you know how could we how could we not win? How could we? You know, we 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 were in the lead eight with with two starters. Uh, two starters we're not in and you know i feel like we're the one team that that can do that like we don't need we don't need i mean we obviously would like to have all of our starters but if two of them aren't in like it's okay next guy's in we're good and we go yeah and you know as you mentioned that that doubles point was so as a michigan fan and i tried to remain impartial on the play-by-play <laughs> call but you know it was deflating right because you and bd had your chances in that breaker and you know ultimately mm-hmm. it was bullard and spaziri who took it eight six i think in that breaker and you know you sort of mentioned it the quick point nick Beatty put on the board and for him to yeah. do it at four singles not five how much that meant to the team on yeah, that yeah. day but just through these first two and a half months in of the season you guys got to play what was he do like what was nick Beatty drinking what diet was he on how can i nick get on it Beattie. because is it is it safe to say and look i love nick um but yeah. he was treeing for the first two and a half months and it was something else no i wouldn't say nick was treeing. nick is a dog <laughs> if you understand what this what he go what he does in the summer you'll understand why he has these seasons the how i had this season he works incredibly hard he comes out incredibly extra he's the captain of our team he leads us all um this guy i think he didn't play for what three years mm-hmm. three years four years and mm-hmm. he came in this year and and you know he he works so hard 
you know, I, I can't even explain to you what he does. He's kind of like sick. He's a psycho. And he he just, man, he works hard. And, and he comes out. I, it wasn't, a, to me, I mean, it wasn't really a shock. I mean, he, he, for, he's kind of like, he's also one of our big, big reasons why we had a great year. But once, once again, man, he just works incredibly hard. So I'm super proud of him and what he, what he did. And he helped us achieve our goals. So, yeah. Yeah, no, he was absolutely spectacular this year. And again, I, yeah, that was more in jest. I'm happy to get him back. And another thing I think people don't realize, and I guess why would they, but, you know, Patrick Maloney was finally getting healthy. And for mm. some reason, I think he hit, he definitely hit a growth spurt, finally hit puberty after his freshman year of college. <laughs> so now he's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, and so, you know, yes, uh, I know, you know, he got to play in that final against USC. And for you guys, mm-hmm. after the momentum of the win over A&M, the win over Texas going into yeah. that SC match. I mean, you guys came out on fire, right? And it yeah. was just, it was such a fantastic, you know, streak. And I think you guys at one point were up 3 0 in the match. I, I think I'm remembering that right. Because, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you know, come out hot in, in doubles. You get the quick win over Brandon. Connor knocks out more. And, you yeah, know, Beatty had one. Yeah, BD had won a first set. Maloney in a battle had won a first set, and his match was getting Styler close to battle. a tiebreaker. Yeah, Styler in a battle in the first, and those matches were getting to tiebreakers. And just, mm. I mean, obviously, 4-3, not the result you were looking for, but the momentum of that match, playing yeah. in the national semifinal, what does that do, that moment for the team, I mean, as you guys prepare for the next season? Yeah, it shows the import. I mean, it shows how beautiful college tennis is. We're up 3-0, but it did not feel like 3-0, I'll tell you that. Watching uh, USC compete, uh, were they the number were they the number one seed? Uh, I think they were, yeah. Or okay. they were the two behind uh, okay. UNC. Well, now the number one team, I mean, again, same thing goes back. We're not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be in the Final Four playing USC, so go back to work. I mean, the atmosphere... I remember in doubles, I thought it was insane. Like when we were looked, when I I didn't even see it, but we I looked up and there was just people were like standing, like where you where your where your booth was, where your table was. There was just so many people watching and cheering. So many USC fans, and uh, man, it was just incredible, incredible atmosphere. Yeah. No, it was it was such a fun match. I mean, it was. Uh, uh, we don't have to get into it any further, but yeah, it was. No, fun I like to be it. A Michigan fan. I like it. Yeah, no, it I love great. that. I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's great that we. I mean, I don't think it's great that we lost, but you know, we take that. Like, I mean, we use that as fuel. We were gonna see them in the in the other national was the later national championship. Mm-hmm. We believe that we would see them again. So, so yeah, yeah. and I'm. I'm curious because it was an indoor event, and there's certainly mm-hmm. something to being at Michigan. You're going to play a lot of indoor tennis, but mm-hmm. do you think it would have been, you know, I know you guys, I think, dropped that match to Oklahoma State, but mm-hmm. would it have been, you know, did you expect to see the same sort of results as you guys got grooving at playing outdoors as well? 100%. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really understand what that means where we're an indoor team. We practice a lot indoors. I, I like outdoors more than indoors. But that's just me. But I mean, yeah, we play indoors. Yeah, whatever. But man, we're just, we're the same team outdoors. We would figure it out. I don't know. I mean, 
I don't really see see that being a obstacle for us. But yeah. So, so you don't think there's that you know any truth to that? I mean, I'm sure there's an adjustment. I mean, yeah, that, that maybe lasts a little longer. Yeah, there is. But I mean, when you're asking about when you're asking about us, like us, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I previously had conversations that where I was like, yo, I actually think we can be better outside. I think that we we could be a better outdoor team, and I, I this is what I say in the locker room. So, so I think my team thought that too. So. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm curious, again, because for you personally, you know, to play the number one singles position, and you were doing it at the end of last season, but, you know, this yeah. year to have success, to knock off the Edos of the world, the whole team yeah. of the world, and, you know, win at Texas A&M and Columbia, you know, what was there a moment for you, I guess, when, and, you know, did you expect to have this sort of level of success in college tennis? Was there a moment for you when you started to really, you know, think you may start to make your strides in the game? For me, I keep going back to that match you won at the end of last season at the Big Ten tournament against J.J. Wolf indoors to beat mm-hmm. him the way you did. You know, was that a moment for you where maybe you gained some confidence and then, you know, since then you've just taken off? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, that match... Actually, I think it was the match I played before that match was I uh, we played in the we played Indiana, and I played a really good match against the number one guy, and I was feeling really confident, and you know I was like, what you know, what do you have to lose here? You know, JJ hasn't lost. I don't think he he lost that year or two years or something in college, something crazy like that. So you know what what does he have to lose? What do you have to lose? And you know personally, I thought one thing that helped me was the belief that my team had in me that I actually, that I could win. You know, they were telling me that you could win. And, you know, I just went in there confident. And confident, won that match. Um, had a tough one at Baylor. Uh, had an okay summer and, you know, had an okay fall. Worked hard, though, and the practices changed a couple of things. And my game really, really added some stuff. And, you know, I started off a little bit slow in the fall, but uh, I had some some good pointers by some people and they really helped me. They really helped me to get through. And then once the actually losing that old Miss, losing that old Miss match, well, I lost with the team one really helped me. It really helped me a lot. And from there, I mean, I kind of just I didn't turn back. I started, I mean, I knew that I could compete with anyone, but beating, beating them and beating, you know, the top, top, the higher players than me, like, uh, every match was, was something that I hadn't done before. So I was really, I really looked forward to that and I trained hard. I added things and yeah, so happened. Mm-hmm. And for you as a former top 10 junior in the world, you know, what have you thought about the level of college tennis? How does, you know, the top levels, the one, two singles positions translate compared to, say, the top levels of the junior ranks or, you know, some of the futures or challenger events you've played? Um, The one and two in college tennis, well, I mean, first of all, all of college tennis, it's like it was not what I expected it to be. You know, I thought, I don't know, I would just didn't really know. I didn't really pay much attention to it before college. But then, you know, obviously being in, obviously training every day, playing these guys, you know, they want the same thing as you. They want to be professional. They want to stay 
come from the same place. So, yeah, I mean, everybody works hard. No one wants to lose for their team. So I think it, it actually brings more out of everyone. So you, you, you think you're playing someone from, from I don't know where, some, some college. I don't know that you may, you may never have ever heard of, but, you know, they can play. Everybody can play. Everyone can play in college tennis. That's what um, our coach uh, Becker says. Everyone can play in college tennis. It isn't college tennis like to whatever he played it. This, this, this college tennis is, is different. Everyone can play. Don't take anyone lightly. Be ready for everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, for you in particular, uh, I'm sure there were thoughts that maybe you could just turn pro right away or you maybe thought, you know, that might be something you'd be interested in doing. But ultimately, you know, why did you make the decision to play college tennis to go to Michigan and how has that benefited your tennis game? Yeah, so I went to Mich. Yeah, so I took uh visit. So Sean, Sean Mamie, he's now the coach in Nebraska. He used to be my coach in juniors. He worked at College Park, JTCC, for a little bit, for like six months. And, and then he went back. He, w- he was at Michigan, then came to JTCC, then went, went back. So, you know, he and then I went to... You know, when I was, I think I was 16, I took an unofficial to Michigan, and I thought it was just, I thought it was just different. And my dad was, told me, he's like, you're not going, you're not going to play professional. And, you know, I I believe that I I didn't, I I was not ready to play professional. I was not, I was not mature enough at all. And that my, I had so many dips uh, in my games. And I just was not ready to play like certain a certain amount of weeks in a row. So Michigan really helped me. I mean, Michigan has the best balance of academics and athletics, and it's Michigan. You know, you know what that is. So, well, how could you not want to go to Michigan? And it just like it's just it was like perfect. It was like a love at first sight. I guess like it was like a perfect match. And yeah, no. I was yeah. gonna say you drive into Ann Arbor. It's hard to leave. Yeah, very true. It's yeah, it's, the co- it's, it's a really college town, like a really good college town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and for you, because I know you were at the G, uh, the JTCC, and yeah. you know you've trained for tennis. I'm sure for so much of your life, but to get to you know have a life outside of tennis, off the court, socially, academically, do all of those mm-hmm. things in college, has that been as beneficial to your development as any of the stuff you've done on the court during college? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you're learning in another aspect of your life, so super helpful that you go to Michigan, one of the best schools in the country, so yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm curious for you, last tennis question, that I want to have some fun down the home stretch, but as you, you know, because I'm I'm sure you plan on coming back, and hopefully we yeah, get yeah. All, everyone back uh, for the entire Michigan team because it could be a really fun season next year, but, you know, as you look to continue to improve your game and get mm-hmm. ready for professional tennis, at least, you know, tennis-wise, what are the things you are looking to improve on to so that you'll feel comfortable as you make your transition to the pros? Yeah, well, for me, I just need to keep keep adding things, keep need to adding to the toolbox. You know, I have added more things, but more more shots and more like uh, technical things. So I just need to keep doing it. Keep I just need more repetitions and keep playing the right way. Win or lose, keep having great practices, 
and you know i i believe that i can be a, a good pro one day yeah and so. we look forward to seeing that but not too fast enjoy your time at michigan first yeah, i sure. like winning uh it's way more fun <laughs> than the alternative um but all right with that being said then one last thing i want to do with you is a rapid fire series of questions ask yeah. you a little bit about your teammates your some what you've been doing in quarantine some things like that that work for you yeah, yeah for sure yeah. all right west off give me the rapid fire sound effect please uh, let's start with the teammates because, you know, uh, let's have a little fun. Um, mm-hmm. Of all of the teammates you've had at Michigan, who has been your favorite practice partner? Favorite practice partner? Mm-hmm. Probably, probably Miles Sillette. I would really? Say. I, I hate hitting with one-handed backhands. I'd be like, I can't do it, Miles. It, I don't know. He's he's a different guy. I don't know. Like he's <laughs> so funny. Like uh, yeah, the things he says in practice about himself is just absurd. So I had to put him in there. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great pick. Um, all right, what is the weirdest shot you've ever seen Connor Johnson hit? Oh my god, man, <laughs> this is a great question. Um, it's it's gotta be. This uh, this like dink backhand, dink backhand line he hits. I would say when you're when he's like approaching. I don't know, man. Anything, honestly, anything on the backhand side is not <laughs> normal. Like, like, like what he does, like you don't know. Like, I like, man, I love watching him play. I like watching him play and looking at his opponent's reactions. It's it, it's incredible. Like I will it. never forget that match against, yeah, more Bullis. He was hitting swinging backhand volleys. And that's, yeah, I agree. The answer is anything on the backhand side. But Moore was just like, I don't know what to do. And, like, you yeah. know, Coach Macy's a friend. But you could just see he was looking at Moore and being like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, this guy just hits swinging volleys. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. He really is. He's one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. great guy. Um, all right, your favorite teammate to go out with? Probably Ryan Poo. Oh my yeah. god, he's an animal! <laughs> All right, Coach Steinberg, earmuffs for this question, but Ricks or Skeeps? Skeeps. <laughs> yeah, good, good answer. By the good way, answer. I mean, yeah, it'll cha- you'll vacillate a little bit, but you know, it goes back and forth. Um, anyways, yeah, that's that's we could get Ann Arbor specific. We could go like Maize and Blue or Amers because obviously, you know, uh, there's some others are in their own category. Yeah. Um, but let, let's stick with the teammates. Um, let's go. Who's got the messiest or, you know, the nastiest tennis bag? Who's got the ripe banana in there? Beatty. Beatty's <laughs> locker. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a mess. All right. Who's the teammate that to get under your skin in practice, and this is not indicative of them in matches, but in practice is most likely to hook you? Going to hook me? Yeah. Or just, like, hook everyone? Oh, I mean anyone, but they just are trying to get under your teammates' skins. Oh, Patrick, I wouldn't say hook, <laughs> but he, but he's gonna get under your skin. He's going to, man, he's gonna, he's gonna bring up some things that you don't want to hear. <laughs> Super Makes sense. Um, all right, have you guys been doing team zooms? Yeah, yeah, we've been, yeah, we've been staying in touch a lot. We've been, yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you do co- some with coaches, some without? Yeah. 100%. All right. Who is the teammate on the Zoom chat that you wish you could mute so that people could stop hearing them? Connor. 100%. <laughs> Connor. 
Connor. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I could see Yeah, you, why. you know Connor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I see that for sure. All right. Well, let's go to the quarantine edition for you. Are there any new hobbies you've picked up while in quarantine? Cleaning. Vacuuming. <laughs> dusting. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. N- not fun. A lot of household chores. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. How's the? Uh, how many trips to the refrigerator are you making a day? So I've been pretty good with it, but mm-hmm. I, I say I'm pretty good with that. I say I'm doing pretty good with that. Were you in? You probably lived in South Quad because you're an yeah. athlete. Yeah, of course you did. I <laughs> South Quad cookie. I was going to ask about the South Quad cookies. Most overrated cookies. They're just not as good. Like Burz, because I was Bursley, um, because you know I'm a plebeian. I was with the rest of us normal kids. I, um, <laughs> and they like they don't cook the cookies at the Bursley dorm because they're like we owe it to you guys for putting you here on North Campus that you could just eat semi raw cookie dough. And it's like, oh. oh, okay, thank you. So that's always been my weakness, and it's maintained. It's still been a weakness. No, the cookies are very good. They're very good. We, yeah. we still try it's, to get in there and eat the cookies. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a must-have. Um, all right, any, any new Netflix shows in your life? Any yeah. new ones? I watched uh, All American and Outer Banks. They're very yeah. good. How, yeah, I fans. Would say, I would say to watch it. All right, I'm in on that. Um, for you, I know you have a, you come from a family of runners. Any running? Have you been doing any? Oh, you know, yeah, I've been sprints? running. I've been running a lot. I've been running mm-hmm. An unhealthy amount. So say. when it's the Fenty family running, what does that look? Is it like minimum 10K? It's, it's yeah, it's, I don't even, I think my dad ran like seven yesterday or today. <laughs> He's running seven, like 6.30 pace. Like it's absurd. It's, it's, no, absurd. it's yeah. Yeah, so we're all doing, we do like group runs and stuff. Me, my brother, and my dad, and they're not, they're not really fun. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I would just say that, yeah. Fine. The three of you are on the line for a charity run. Who's finishing <laughs> the race first? It depends. What's the? How long is it? Uh, we'll say five k, ten k, and then half marathon. So five k. I would like to say I'd, I think I'd win a five k. Ten k. I don't think I don't think I win a ten k. I'm not ready for that. Uh, I think anything about five k my dad would win because he's just trained for it but i'd say i won a 5k yeah no for sure i feel like there's been a lot of charity runs in your dad's past yeah he's uh, running like, yeah, yeah some crazy races something and i i feel like you get asked this question a lot but it would be male practice if i didn't ask but mm. let's end with these two questions the best part and the worst part about being the son of the mayor of dc oh uh, um the best part you go to any sporting event you want to go to <laughs> um you can go to anything really in dc the worst part is probably it's probably being being in public a little not me but like i for my dad maybe it's tough sometimes but mm-hmm. yeah it's what you think it would be I mean, people saying people trying to say something or get a picture or something i don't know something like that mm-hmm. no i can imagine was it cool to see the nationals win it was that and uh the cap oh my god yeah and the mystics the mystics once you guys i love the mystics but yeah 
<laughs> Look, that right there. That is the training of a son of a former mayor of DC. <laughs> Way to not forget any shout outs. I appreciate that. Well, Andrew, thank you for taking the time to chat. Uh, congratulations again to all of you guys on what was my favorite season of Michigan tennis That's in my right. lifetime. And, you know, take it with a grain of salt. That doesn't really mean anything. But, yeah. you know, keep more of them coming because it was a pleasure to watch and hope you and your family, all the guys, of course, stay safe and healthy through all of this. And we look forward to seeing you compete again in 2021. Yeah, yeah thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Take care, man. Yeah, you too. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with ITA All-American in singles and doubles and Big Ten Men's Tennis Player of the Year during the 2020 season, Andrew Fenty, of course, again, as someone who spent so much time at the University of Michigan, as someone who will forever feel connected to the city of Ann Arbor. It was a pleasure for me to get to do this conversation. So one last big thank you to Andrew for taking the time to chat. And of course, uh, we here at Cracked Rackets wish him and the Wolverines success as we head into the 2021 season, because I think all of you fans know that Cracked Rackets will be a better place if the University of Michigan men's tennis and women's tennis teams uh, become powerhouses, because, in, you know, if I become, you just can't stand me, and you know, if I get that sort of uh, ammo behind me, I promise the podcast will be better and better, folks. So again, uh, thank you to Andrew for taking the time to chat. And of course, Andrew's not the only fantastic college tennis conversation we've been fortunate enough to have here as of late at Cracked Rackets. We've got the chance to talk to so many of the, you know, consequential players from that 2020 season. People such as All-American in singles and doubles on the women's side, Jada Hart. People such as Alexa Graham falls into that category as well. Ashley Leahy, the number one player in the country, All-American in singles. Uh, we also had Stanford's Michaela Gordon, people like Gianni Ross, Elliot Spaziri, Brianna Schwetz. All of these podcasts from the college tennis world you can find on our Cracked Interviews podcast feed. Of course, we've also talked to professionals like Bethany Maddox Sands and Dennis Kudla and Mitchell Kruger, Tennessee men's tennis head coach Chris Woodruff, and you know so many more. So hopefully you are listening and you have already liked, raped, subscribed, reviewed the podcast. But if you haven't, go ahead and do that because we want to know what you think of the pod. We want to know the sort of guests you want to be hearing from, and we can do our best to try and make that happen. I should have also mentioned on our mini break podcast, we talked to Will Blumberg, who became an eight-time All-American after this 2020 season, and you know we talked about the decision. He he has ahead of him as well, whether to turn pro or go back to college. Of course, for so many seniors uh, who lost their second half of their senior seasons this year, uh, that's a decision that they have to face. You know, it's a personal one. It's also a program decision. Can the schools they were playing at afford to bring them back? It's a fascinating dynamic, and of course, that's why we are always attracted to the college tennis world here at Cracked Rackets. Uh, and of course, if you've missed any of those storylines, we also had ITA CEO Tim Russell on the Mini Break podcast, and you know, all the biggest storylines, results, and controversies can be found by following uh, the Mini Break podcast, which again, you can listen to wherever you have, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. It's this podcast, the Great Shot podcast, where we've had people like Sports Business Journal's Brett McCormick, former ATP CEO Mark Miles. At this point, I'm just saying all the interviews so that I can rem- remember them, that I did them. And, you know, all. 
all of our guests are lovely. Um, but, you know, I just want you to know. You know, I don't want you to miss out. So be sure to like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, The Great Shot Podcast, The Cracked Interviews Podcast, as well as our newest podcast as well, The Inside Out Podcast, a narrative-based show uh, that I know all of you will enjoy if you take the time uh, to go listen to it. And, of course, be sure to check out our YouTube channel because we've got CR Classics on there. We've also got Hit and One, our new video series following the life of Division One player Alex Rush. Uh, we've got Overserved, and we've got all of our video interviews as well. It's a fantastic channel. Super producer Daniel Westoff killing it as he always does. And by the way, shout out to he and Max Fliegner for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out here at Crack Rackets, making all of the fun stuff we do possible. Uh, and of course, by the way, inaugural Crack Rackets Open. This weekend, folks, if you are in the Indianapolis area, you want to go check it out. You can find all the details for the tournament on our website, CrackedRackets.com. I know we are thrilled to see it because it is a great blend of top juniors and college tennis players, some ATP professionals as well. It's going to be really exciting, folks, and of course, we will be covering all of that action on our shows as well, so be on the lookout for all of that. Uh, Shout out again to our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR. 15 your one-stop shop for all of your tennis needs also be sure again to check out our friends at aerobar if you like our getting to the point episodes uh, you will have learned by now that nutrition is essential for any successful tennis player so go to aerobar.com use that promo code cracked 15 get 15 percent off your only tennis specific energy bar option out there they are delicious folks i promise you that but with that being said for our wonderful guest, Andrew Fenty, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at both Aerobar and Midwest Sports, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin, and you know what we say, folks. You've been listening to another episode of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.